Hey friend, welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, where we are all about taking inspired action towards showing up as the most confident and authentic version of ourselves. My name is Jess Bergio, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to sharing the behind the scenes of how others created a life and business of their dreams. Each week, you can count on multiple episodes, bringing you an inside look at how you too can create the life and business of your dreams. Life and business isn't meant to be done alone. Join the Beauty Inspires Beauty community, where we connect each week to share our goals, dreams, and aspirations every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. OMG, I am so excited. I mean, I say that every single episode and I sound like a fucking crackhead, but I'm actually maybe, no, 100% the most excited today for you guys to meet this amazing woman. And without further ado, Sarai, welcome to the show. Hey, oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm literally, I've done quite a few podcasts. And honestly, I love each one is so different, but this one I have been looking forward to uh, for a hot second. So thank you so much for having me friends. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, me too, because I've been trying to get in front of your face for like a couple of months now. And I, I think like the universe was like, Oh, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then boom. And then our worlds collided and it was like, love at first sight slash like all the feels and yeah, we're like a, I would say we're like obsessed with each other already. Like besties, like, yeah, yeah, this is a thing. And this and is you, a thing. You guys, this is just the power of like showing up a authentically as yourself, right? Cause we both show up unapologetically as ourselves and then B not being afraid to say, Hey, uh, you, um, can we hang out? Like, did you want to chat with me? Like it takes balls. You got to put yourself out in front of people in order for them to see you because it's so noisy out on social media, but it's also such an amazing way to connect with people that you would have never otherwise like come across in your life or had a chance to have even have a conversation with, let alone get on a podcast with. Absolutely. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if you sit around and wait for an invitation, a lot of times you're going to be disappointed. If there's something you want, go get it. Ask because what's the worst they're going to say? No. Well, that was your answer. If you didn't ask, so just go for it. Take the chance, take the leap. It's really that simple. And today when I tried to post a reel, I actually wrote that in the copy that didn't post, which is great. That feels really, you know, really (laughs) solidified to keep trying Instagram. You're really messing with my head. But (laughs) I literally said that I was like, there, there is no other way to do the things than to do them. And I wrote period because there's no magic pill. There's no secret sauce. There's no like, look, I did it this way, guys. And she's going to tell us the easy way to do things. The only way to do the thing is to do it. And knowing that there are people who have done what you want to do out in the world that you can seek help from guidance from learn from whether you get to consume that shit for free, like this podcast you're listening to right now, or if it's someone's Instagram, that's sharing extra and awesome things, or you have to pay to be in a, a class that's in person. Like we both teach, she teaches a ton of classes in person. You know, it's getting yourself around the people who you want to have the conversations with. You might not even want to do what someone's doing, but you want to be involved in those conversations. Cause I know for me, like what I do, I can't take what I do and like go to the boyfriend and talk about this entrepreneur shit and the struggles I have with Instagram posting. He's like, okay, (laughs) that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but I share it with you and you're like, oh girl. And then we have a whole conversation (laughs) and it's, it's like, you gotta, you gotta be mindful of like who you share your dreams with and also who you put in your circle that you have to talk about that will fill you up in order for you to keep doing the things you say you want to be doing. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so true. I think there's a, a saying, it's like who you, who you surround yourself with is, is who you become like. And it's so true. If you want to be at the next level, surround yourself with those people who are at that level, learn from them, pick their brain, hear their stories, be around that energy. When you're around that energy, it elevates you. It charges you. It's like this magical feeling inside of you. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden you start wanting better for yourself and you start investing and you start doing these things to up-level yourself because you are surrounded by that same energy instead of drugged down by the lower energy. That's so true. And I always, you know, everyone on this podcast that listens, if you're new, maybe you don't know this, but I always relate things to fitness or being in the fitness industry or that world, because this morning's a perfect example. I've kind of fallen off, um, getting on my Peloton. I have the bike and I have the treadmill. And for the years I didn't take classes because I I was pretty self-driven and motivated because I had a goal when it came to bodybuilding, right? I knew what the end goal was. I knew the work I had to put in and I just did it. But now that I'm in a different season of my life, I don't really, I want to have a six pack, but I'm not willing to do the work, but I still (laughs) want someone to hype me up. And so getting on that bike this morning, having Alex, Susan, like talk to me and pour into me and like really remind me that like moving this stuck energy and like being in, he's like everyone on this mm-hmm. class right now. I don't know anybody in the class. It's virtual. He's like, we're all collectively like here together, like, you know, giving to ourselves and just that positive uplifting. I'm like, this is why I, I pay for this membership. This is why I bought this bike. This is yeah. why I show up on this bike so that I can get poured back into me and do something for myself. And so, you know, it's, it's so true. If I was going to a workout class where everyone really didn't want to be there. And all we did was stand Mm. around for the first 10 minutes and talk about how tired we were and how tough being a mom was and like, yada, yada, yada. I wouldn't have that hypey energy to have a great workout. I'd be there. I'd be doing Mm -hmm. it, but it'd be half-assed. And that's how you see so many people showing up in their life and in their business and wondering why they're not getting the results they want. They're not having the like right type of clientele find them because they're not showing up with the energy that's going to attract the type of people that they want in their life. Ooh, I, did we just go to church? Sorry. I, that, it, we were recording Ooh. mid-afternoon and I just poured myself my second coffee and I'm just like, watch out. No, but I think I think what's really cool about you and I is like we get so passionate about stuff that it comes through um, yeah. as this ener- energy that people want to be around. And I love that. And I, for the longest time, tried to like block it down and not be too much and not be too loud and not to offend people. And even when I started this podcast, it's called the beauty inspires beauty podcast. It sounds like fluffy and girly. And I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep saying the F word that doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel right. And then I'm like, why does the word beauty have to equate with you not using the language you want to use? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You made that story up in your head because you're <laughs> worried that people won't accept you for who you are. Like there's always a deeper belief level that we're not acknowledging. And that's when I was like, well, I think I'm okay if I'm not for everybody. I think I'm okay mm-hmm. if the explicit is on the podcast. And from that moment on, like, I feel like I've been able to embrace this, even though it is now a job. Um, and I get to be myself, which is like the biggest gift you can give yourself, right? And so if you're in an environment where maybe you don't feel like you can be yourself, I think it's time to like think of think of where you've put yourself and acknowledge that maybe you're not where you need to be anymore. It's, that is so powerful like that little snippet of what you just said, being authentic, being authentically you showing up as you every day. That's your superpower because I can't show up as Jessica. Jessica can't show up as me. My superpower is me. 
It's me being, it's me breathing. It's me bringing my energy and my light into the world. And everybody has that superpower. But here's the thing. What happens is we let family, society, friends, culture, social media tell us you're to this. You're not enough. This we start to believe these things that we're fed. And so then we start to dim. We start to dim our, our light, our energy, our peace, our happiness, our love, all of these things we start to dim because of what we've been told. This is bullshit. What we have been told, what we have been conditioned is fucking bullshit. And it's, it takes a lot of time to peel back those layers. And, you know, sometimes it includes therapy or crystals or, you know, there's, there's so much that we are told that is so false. And when you find a person in your life that lights you up, like Jess, you light me up friends. We've had this conversation many times, but when you find somebody like that and it's like, oh my God, what I'm attracted to you is, is your energy, your light, your, you, your being, you're fucking authentically you and you don't make fucking apologies. And the same with me, you know, just like you, I was told my whole life, you're too loud. You're too much. You're too this. You're too you're too feely. You're too emotional. Hey, fuck off. That's me. And you know what? I love it. I love me. And it has taken me 41 years of my life and a lot of therapy and healing to be able to show up every day as my fucking self. And sometimes that means no makeup on my Instagram stories. Sometimes that means full face or filter or me crying or me sharing a vulnerable moment or me hyping you the fuck up. But however I show up, I make sure that it is me, that I am in alignment with my fucking self. And scene. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) So let's just backtrack for a second because I know who the fuck you are, but everyone listening is probably like, who is this amazing woman? I can completely see why Jessica's in love with her and why she's on the podcast, but who is she? So, I mean, I know you've got 41 years and we don't have 41 hours. <laughs> we will eventually record 41 hours. I do. I do see that in yes, our future, correct. but let's start with who you are. Give us a quick little intro and then how you got into this industry. How do I keep this short? Okay. So I'm Sarai Spear, the platinum giraffe on Instagram. Um, I've been a hairstylist for almost 18 years. I got into the industry when I was 24. Um, a big portion of my story and my life is I am an addict in recovery. I have six years and three months clean and sober. And I'm very fucking proud of that. Um, and that, that moment that I decided to get sober was a huge turning point in my life. Um, I know we'll get into that, but I have been, I have been so incredibly blessed in my life to just have amazing support around me, no matter what. And I'm a stubborn asshole who doesn't really like to take help. Um, so that has really bit me in the butt in my career, but it's also pushed me. So what I'm known for in the industry, I guess, would be my blending, my transformations. Um, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to talk about pricing. Um, so the first, I would say, 12 years of my career in this beautiful industry. Um, how do I say this? PC. Um, I was fucked up. Like I was just, I was a hot mess. I was so incredibly insecure in myself and 
I knew that I wanted to help people. I've always known that ever since I was a little baby, I knew I wanted to help people. And I, I didn't know what that looked like. Um, I switched my majors in college. I, I don't know what's the max you can switch. That's what I did. It was, I've done everything from psychology to criminal justice, um, to teacher. I got accepted into the police academy at one point in my life. Like, yeah. So I just have always felt this call to help people. So at 24, I made the decision. I was actually debating between real estate and hair. I know those are vastly different, but they're, they're very similar at the same time. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go to hair school. Like I've, I've always done kind of creative shit with my hair. So I'm gonna learn how to do hair. I'm gonna make people pretty. And the first day of beauty school, I walked in and I was like, these are my fucking people. Finally, I'm home. And it was just this instant love affair. So this career has been so amazing for me. I love it so, so much, but I was, I was lost. Um, you know, I have overcome, uh, cocaine and meth addiction. I have overcome alcoholism, um, eating disorder. I am a survivor of sexual abuse and trauma. So I have all this stuff in my life. And it's led me to this very point where I am. And I've been recently, I've been on this healing journey that has been so incredibly cathartic. And let me tell you something. If, if you think you're healed from something, start doing some shadow work and you'll, you'll realize uh, Mm -hmm. I I had, I had thought I had dealt with that. And it's like, no, oh no, friends. No. So the first 12 years of my career were, you know, I owned a salon six, seven months out of beauty school at 24 years old. I just saw the look on Jessica's face. I had no business running a salon, but the thing, like it fell into my lap and it was the opportunity and I'm grateful. I'm so incredibly grateful. I learned so much about myself, so much about other people. Um, and until the age of, you know, 24 or 27, I'm sorry, I had only dealt with alcohol. And I was a closet alcoholic since I was 19 Um, and being into this industry, the party scene and the rock star life. And I'm young and I'm a salon owner. I'm like, fuck yeah. Why forayed into, into the, the party life, which you can only hang around that shit so much before you either get out or you get in. I didn't get out. I got in. I didn't do drugs until I was 27 years old. That's a late bloomer. I didn't either. Really? Uh huh. What is that? Late bloomers. Yeah, well, I mean, because, thankfully. Th- yeah, thankfully. No, seriously. Thankfully. I think I was, yeah, I would, no, I think I was 20, fuck, 25 or 26. Same. And it came nice. from inside the hair industry, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, here's the thing the hair industry is many things and can be many things. It can be what you make it. Sure. And what you are craving. And at the time, I was craving, you know, love and acceptance, which I, looking back at why I chose drugs, that was just another addiction that I could numb. I could push my feelings down my big feelings. So from the ages of 27, when I I did my first line of cocaine, I was hooked. Um, I dated a bunch of shitty drug dealers who fed my addiction. Um, cause it was great. You know, I didn't have to pay for drugs. Um, the, the guy I was dating at the time laid out, you know, some shit one night and I did it. And, uh, it was not cocaine. It was not what I was used to. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And from that day forward began my meth addiction. And when I tell you in a matter of three years, I lost my job 
So I had to sell to my business partner because I was running the salon into the ground. I was a fucking hot mess. Um, I lost my home, my car got repossessed. I had no car and I got evicted. I became homeless at 29 years old. I was a homeless junkie. I was an alcoholic and an addict and I was suicidal. I saw, I saw no way out. So you would think that would be the low point in my life. No, 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 no. Stay tuned for that, friends. <laughs> um, but I, I, I went to another salon and it was a very much party environment, but I didn't care. That's what I wanted. That's what I was searching for at the time. And <clears throat> one, there was a moment in my life where I, I met my husband, my amazing husband. If you guys follow me on Instagram, he's Sheffy Lee, but his real name is David. But I met David and at the time um, he was a drug dealer. We met through a mutual friend and I was like, cool. But my husband is not a typical drug dealer. He's so chill and nice and like, just, he's a vibe, man. He's a vibe. So we became friends and he would come get his haircut and, you know, we would just kind of hang out. And I'll never forget the day that our worlds just came together. And he's a huge part of my story. So I, um, I don't share this a lot publicly and I, I just am feeling the call to share it. So I had, um, I've been partying all night and drinking and all of those things. And we ended up at the salon. It was just one of the things that we did. And I had to go somewhere to get something. And the owner of the the salon, let me use the receptionist car. Oh, this is so vulnerable. So I was inebriated. I was fucked up and I hit, I plowed an entire line of cars parked on the side of the street, probably 10 or 12 cars. I plowed them and I fucked up the front of the car. I literally abandoned the car and I ran. And I hid behind, you know, those big electrical boxes that are like by stoplights on the side of the street. Yeah. So I hid behind one of those and I'm, I'm 30 years old at the time, friends, 30, 30 or 31. And the only person I knew that I could call was David. So I called him and I was like, Hey, I fucked up so bad. Like I I'm running from the police. Like, I don't even know who to call. Can you just come help me? And he's like, yes, where are you? And I said, I don't know. I'm hiding behind an electrical box with these cross streets. And so he's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And I was like, no, don't worry about it. You know, I want you, but I don't want you to help me. So he called me. He's like, I'm, I'm up the street, like pop up, get in the car and let's go. So we did. He came and swooped me up and we went back to his place and he said, we have to go to the police. And I was like, nope, fuck you. I'm going to prison and I'm bawling. And I'm convinced that I am going to prison. I'm going to get the death penalty. Like this is where my brain is at. So, um, I go to the police, I turn myself in. Um, there wasn't an accident like file reported or anything because, you know, the owner of the salon was into drugs themselves. And so there was just, there was nothing reported. So from that day forward, my husband and I became a thing. And that was a huge, that was a huge turning point in my life for me. I didn't get sober. I didn't get clean and sober until, um, years later. But when we decided to get married, we came to a decision. He was like, 
we, we have to, we have to stop this. Like we can't keep doing this. And I said, cool, well, you get out of the game. And he's like, well, cool. If I get out of the game, guess what? That means you have to, too. And I was like, yeah, he held up his end of the bargain. Um, I did not, I continued to drink and do drugs occasionally behind his back. Um, which leads me to this moment that changed my life. So I was working at a salon and it was a great salon <clears throat> and my life had become unmanageable. This was 2016, um, closet drinking, drinking at work, blacking out. So I was at this really beautiful, lovely, supportive, amazing salon. And the owner is just to this day, I I love and respect her so much. So things had gotten really bad at work. Now, if y'all can imagine for a second, go into a hairstylist who's, I don't know, drinking heavily, drinking at work, you know, going to the bathroom all the time. Um, it's not a, it's not a comfortable experience. And I, <clears throat> I continued to drink because I didn't want to think about it. So it was a Friday and I got blackout drunk at work and I woke up Saturday and I didn't, I didn't know what had happened. And I got a text. I just, I knew something in my gut was like, but you fucked up bad this time. So I got a text message from the owner of the salon and it said, I need to meet with you Monday morning. And in the meantime, I need you to think very heavily about what this career means to you, what this salon means to you and what your, your family means to you. And I was like, like, fuck, fuck. So Monday morning comes around. And I'm a worst case scenario kind of human. Um, I had already played this scenario out in my head and it didn't end well. So I walk into the salon. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. And she was like, she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, what the fuck is going on with you? Up until this moment in time, I had never told anyone that I had a problem with alcohol. So I looked at her and I said, I can't stop drinking. I, I think I have a problem. I think I'm an alcoholic and I need help because I can't do this on my own. And I'm so sick of running and I'm so sick of lying and I'm so sick of this life. And it just came out and I thought, oh my God, okay, here it comes. I'm going to be fired. My husband is going to divorce me. I'm going to lose everything that I love and want. And she looked at me and she said, then let's get you some help. And she hugged me and I bawled for the next six hours and I spilled my guts. I spilled everything with her and my husband. And that was March 6, 2016. And that was the day that changed my life. And that was the moment in time that I had been waiting and praying and hoping for, because I was so sick of my own bullshit (laughs) and to be vulnerable, which vulnerable used to be a curse word in, in my vocabulary, but to be vulnerable and just get, I was so sick of it. I was just sick of it. And I thought, fuck it. Here we go. So if you're listening right now and you are struggling with any sort of substance or addiction, or you have family members who are struggling, I promise you are not 
alone. You are not. And it is okay to ask for help. And it is okay to be vulnerable. There are so many people who struggle silently with addiction. And I was one of them for years. And I lost my best friend last year to his own addiction battle. I promise there is help. And I will tell you this right now. My DMs are always open. (laughs) Text me, DM me, send me a voice message, whatever. There are so many resources out there. Um, I went to AA the next day. And I stuck with it for a while. It's not really my thing, but I tried it on. So I, I need you to hear me when I say you can live a life that is better, that is free of those addictive bullshit patterns and tendencies that are holding you down. And how do I fucking know that? Because I am every fucking day, every day I get up and I make that choice to live without booze, to live without alcohol, to live without fucking drugs. And if you'd have told me seven years ago, I'd be sitting here doing this podcast, filling my guts about how I am six years and two or three months clean and sober. I'd be like, you are on crack motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Here I am on the, on the other side, knowing it gets better. I mean, it's not a fucking walk in the park and it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but I would choose this every single day over that life that I was stuck in. That was my personal fucking living hell. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure everyone listening is feeling the feels right along with you, whether they've experienced that personally, I would say it is safe to say that we all know somebody dealing with that. I personally have lost my cousin and my brother is an addict. And, you know, when you watch people struggle with that, my son's dad isn't, was an alcoholic. Uh, it's even hard to say he's not anymore because of the trauma that is ensued when you're around that type of energy, whether it's you suffering or whether you're in the world with someone else suffering. Um, but that was your, journey to go on. And it's wild when you think back, you're like, why the, why did I have to go through all that? Like, you know, we always want to make purpose and like a reason out of sometimes these terrible things that happen in our life. But I think, you know, seeing you now meeting this version of you and hearing that story, um, it explains a lot more than I think you realize that we get to see now, like the power in which that you show up, your ability to be seen and be yourself came from the depths of all of that struggle of trying to not be who you were really yeah. meant to be, you know? And it's like the, it's literally, that's going to be the title of my first book, the art of unbecoming what they told you to be. Like, it's literally, mm. it's literally these preconditioned, like, and it's not always our parents' fault. It's just what they knew to teach right. us. Like we all have the tools we have and, you know, experiences shape us. And it's that easy that you could be introduced to cocaine at one point and it either hits or it doesn't, you know, I smoked cigarettes for 15 years. When I got introduced to cocaine, I luckily didn't have a super addictive personality, but I was addicted enough that I did it every weekend. I wasn't like my friends who then did it every single day. So there was like levels to where I saw, I, I've, oh, but for me, it was because I would get sick. Like my body wouldn't let me party mm-hmm. like everybody else. I was like, that's not fair. She gets to party harder. And I'm over here throwing up. That's not party. And that's your, that's not cool. So like my body, and to this day, I can only have like two glasses of wine, which is great. Innately, I'm like, thank you. But at the same time, I'm also like, look how much fun they're still drinking and they're still partying. <laughs> and, and, you know, but I, I haven't shared this either, but my son's dad, that's how we met. He was my drug dealer. I bought drugs from him. Yeah. 
and somehow decided that he'd be the right person to have a baby with. So, um, <laughs> you know, someone always took it a step further than you. No, yep. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, and, and dealing and living with somebody who was an alcoholic and the, the things that go on, it's like, if you can somehow, if there's people that you care about that are dealing with this too, and not that we wanted to go down this avenue, but I'm so glad that you really shared who you are and what your journey looked like to get here. Because like I said, it, it allows for you to be seen. And thank you for sharing that with me and the audience, because I guarantee everyone listening can relate to it at some level, whether it was an addicted personality to drugs and alcohol, food, work, like if that's in you and and you struggle with that, like it's a real fucking thing. It's a real yeah. thing. And until you take responsibility and acknowledgement that um, it's not working anymore, some people can be functioning alcoholics and kudos yeah. to them. You were not one of them and neither was my son's dad or my brother. And it's like, at some point you have to lean into the people who give a fuck about you. And I'm so grateful that you had somebody like that lady at the salon that was like, yeah. do you not care about everybody else a little bit more <laughs> than you do about yourself in this moment? You know, because sometimes you got to care about other people more than you do about yourself in order to, to see the pain that you're causing around you. So through that pain, though, you've created some really fucking epic shit in the last six years. Like you went from rock bottom in your career. I can't imagine you were, you know, that successful as a stylist when no. you were showing up like that. No, so, so I what, wasn't. So what you've created now, which is, you know, a multi six figure business, close to seven figure in the, in the sense of this private Instagram page, you traveling for shows, you doing private classes, you're behind the chair business, you know? So it wasn't just, I stopped drinking and doing drugs. And then I became this fucking epic entrepreneur. <laughs> so I know, no, no. I know there's about 90, <laughs> And 92 episodes in between there, but you know, what kept you in the industry? What was it about this? Cause that, that way that you describe walking into beauty school, feeling like home that didn't hit for me until I walked into Robert Crummings for my first day as an assistant. When I showed up at the school, I was like, fuck these people. I'm like this. I quit after three months of beauty school. I was like, this isn't for me. I don't like the vibe here. And I walked away for a year and then I came back. And then when I got the job at Roberts, I walked in and that's the feeling I got. There were a bunch of people like you there that I was like, these are my people. Like, I feel like I was at home. And I feel like so many people feel that in this industry, that it's a place that they can be their fucking self. And that's why we started this episode talking about the energy that you surround yourself with. If you're in a salon environment, that's all beachy and sunshine and rainbows and you're fucking gothed out and you want to do punk colors, like that might not be a right fit. You know, I ended up getting to be in a space where there were so many stylists, there was 45 stylists and over 20 assistants. Like there was a little bit of everything in that space. And then the second large salon I worked at, we had 32 stations. And so it was equally as diverse in there, which was really awesome. So that worked, it worked until the environment didn't work for me, Mm -hmm. like when I became a mom and I didn't want to be in there so much. So, you know, back to being able to like recognize your environment is, is, or isn't serving you anymore. So between getting sober in March of 2016, did you say? Yeah. To now, where has the drive come from? Because I, I read your stuff and I know that you struggle with going from one addiction, which is the drugs and alcohol to working and pouring yourself into work and finding validation and and creating and showing up has got you where you are, which is amazing. And I think there's a work ethic that needs to be acknowledged and not in a negative way. Cause I think yeah. sometimes you're at a point now where you've done so much, it's time to pull back and see how that you can really diversify what it is that you do, but which is so much, you do a shit ton of stuff and you've done, you've done epic things with creating this, this private page with your blonding and just getting so granular on being able to teach the science behind what it is that you do. Um, 
but yeah, I guess walk us through like from, from that starting point where, where you were like, that's it. I'm getting, I'm, I'm here, I'm getting sober. And like, how did your career evolve from there? So it's, uh, I love this question because I have the exact defining moment when I got sober, I made the promise to myself, to everyone that I love that I was going to do shit different this time that I was, I was in it. And that included my career. So I had half-assed it, maybe one-eighth asked it in my career up until that point. So one of the things that I struggled with was I, I hadn't taken any continuing education classes um, for 12 years. And so I was literally still doing the Mohawk placement with vertical foils up the side that I learned in beauty school. So I made the promise to myself that I was going to tackle things that I was afraid of. So one of the things was blonding. People would want me to do all of her blonding. And I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 absolutely not. I'll give you a highlight. I'll give you the same fucking highlights that I give everybody. So I dove in. I, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time was essentially transferring addictions. Now it served me. And I have always had an amazing work ethic that was instilled by my father, who was an absolute gem in my life and just showed me what it is to, you know, be in poverty and then to work your way through that for those things you want and be there, you know, open to close and come in early. And so I I threw myself into work and it was at the moment, it was healthier than drugs and alcohol. So I decided to tackle blondes and I'm talking like global blondes, scalp bleach, full bleach outs, these massive color transformations. Y'all had no fucking idea what I was doing when I started. I'm not even joking with you, but I, I took classes and I took bits and pieces from each class where I was like, Oh, if I do this and I add this from this class, okay, let's, let's see what happens. That was kind of my outlook. Like, let's see what happens because you used to be a homeless junkie and now you're starting to get your shit together. Like what could, what could go wrong? I mean, and don't get me wrong, y'all. I have melted some motherfucking hair in my life. Uh, actually I just, I just posted a video in blinding crew, my private education where I shared a very vulnerable moment a couple months ago. I had a situation and I melted hair. Don't worry. It's recovered. Everything's fine. But even at my level, even it doesn't matter. You are human. And so I, I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's figure this out. So I started blonding. Um, I started doing model calls because like you said before, I, I didn't have a super steady clientele, but as I got more and more sober and got more and more reliable and more dependent, um, I started getting referrals and clients and I would do models and I really pushed myself. I pushed my skills and I surrounded myself with artists who I wanted to be like, I wanted to emulate. I looked up to their work, um, which led me to meeting, you know, my, my best friend. And, and at one point my sober mentor, cause his work was so incredible. And I was like, how fuck does he do that? And I reached out to him and I said, I love your work. I really want to collab. And he said, cool, come on down. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to vomit. So again, going back to, to what we talked about in the beginning of the podcast is again, don't be afraid to ask. You never know. Right. Yep. Yep. So I just continue to push myself and push myself. And about two years into my sobriety, people in the salon had started to take notice, like, oh my God, you're doing these transformations and you're doing things differently. Like, what are you doing? Can can I ask, like, what was your formula? That looks so good. And I'm like, oh my God, what, what, when I was explaining these things to my clients as well. So you know, I learned about new products and I was like, oh my gosh, this keeps the integrity of your hair. This does this. And my clients are like, holy shit, nobody's ever talked to me like this. I started getting into the science of it. Oh, I love the science and chemistry aspect. 
I hated it in high school. I didn't give a fuck about it. But now I'm like, holy, I can't get enough. So I started talking to my clients and talking to stylists. And I got asked to teach a, a class at my salon for everybody. And I was like, oh my God, it was probably the worst class I've ever taught. I think it was 13 hours. It was supposed to be eight. It was fucking awful. And I swear I would never teach again. I was like, nope, this is not for me. That sounds about right. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Um, <laughs> but I did it. I did it again. And I learned and I, I took things from that experience, what worked, what didn't. And I, and I got really honest with myself. Like this was awful. This was amazing. Okay. Do this better. So then I started teaching in Kansas city. And then I had a friend in Detroit who hosted me at her salon and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, like I, I, I never wanted to necessarily work for a brand like exclusively. I am very much, if you guys haven't figured out, I, I marched the beat of my own drum. Um, I'm allowed to have a colorful vocabulary that I've always been reprimanded for. So for me, it just made sense to utilize the products and brands that I love and go the independent route. I didn't set out to be an independent educator. I didn't set out to be a, an educator. And <clears throat> slowly but surely, I built a name. I built a brand. And it just, it's been an incredible journey of learning, of falling on my face completely and picking myself up, stepping back and going, okay, well, why did that happen? How can I prevent that from happening again in the future? How about next time I just fall and catch myself, not completely skin my face? Like, so it's really about learning from every encounter, everything we do. What can we learn from this? What can I take out of this? What was good? What wasn't? So when people say that, that whole overnight success, like that's such bullshit because what they didn't see is the 10, 20, 30 years behind the scenes that nobody shows you. Nobody's going to show you that really bad shitty shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'd started to get like noticed in social media. I didn't know what Instagram was. Um, I got Instagram when I got sober. Um, I didn't understand why people were using a pound sign. I was like, why, what are the, what? You oh. only know what a pound sign is if you're 41. <laughs> okay. So all of you little babies, just Google it. <laughs> oh but I, 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 I really, I didn't know shit about shit. And I thought, fuck it. If you're going to do this, if you're going to do this sobriety, if you're going to do this career, if you're going to do this life, but you are going to be full force. And so I surrounded myself. I immersed myself in my work and bettering myself. And, you know, years later, I can recognize it was transferring addictions. However, I needed to do that. I needed to do all of that to get me to this very moment, to this exact fucking conversation that we are having. I had to do all of those things. And now I'm understanding a healthier ebb and flow. I won't even say balance. I think a healthy ebb and flow of work and play and self-care. Self-care has not been in my vocabulary until recently. So. I am grateful. I am so incredibly grateful that I went through that, that I was in the depths of my own bullshit. And I have learned so much along the way so I can share and I can help and I can turn around and I can reach back and extend my hands to another person to say, come on, come with me. Let me help you. That's what this life is about. I love that. That's so powerful. And you are, you are such a come with me, not a look at me type of a person. And I think that's why 
I felt called to be able to reach out. And just like you said to everybody, after you shared that story, like my DMS are open, like reach out to me when you make yourself accessible, you know, that is drawing in the authenticity of people feeling like they can relate to you or, or they want to be in your world or they feel like you accept them for who they are. Because there's so many of us who don't feel like we fit in or that we're so much different or we are never going to be like that, or we can never have what that person has or, and, and hopefully by sharing this super powerful backstory, like people can understand, like you get to make a decision every single day. Like what type of life do you want to have and how much are you willing to dedicate to creating what it is that you want in your life. And you are a beautiful example of what is possible when you make a fucking decision and you show up every day, whether you fall on your face or not, like, and you get that choice. Like I tried that and fell on my face. It doesn't work for me. I can't do that. Like, no, you were like, no, I'm going to figure out how to do it where, where there's a will, there's a way for anything. And we literally started the beginning of the podcast out like that. There is no secret sauce other than figuring out where you fit in all of the things. And you know, you didn't even know that you were going to be such a powerful educator and a, and a leader and a teacher, but it, you evolved into that. And as people started to tell you that you were, you started to slowly believe that you could become that. And as you started to change your thoughts and beliefs about yourself, you became more confident and you showed up differently. And so instead of a 13 hour class where you're scattered, you now teach these super powerful two day transformational classes where people get, you know, $10,000 worth of value in a day and a half with you for a fraction of the price, you know, you give away so much on the, your Instagram page that you only charge $25 a month to get like every single nook and cranny in your brain. Like if you join today to her private page, like the, the amount of content that you could go through and, and catch up with is worth, I mean, I I don't even know how you put a price on that. Like it's, it's it's insane. It's insane, honestly. And (laughs) you know, it, in order to get where you are, it just required you to show up every single day as the best version of yourself. And, you know, I feel like this is where I'm going to put a bow on the end of this episode and we are going to do a part two. So if you love this episode so far, please tune into the next episode, which is going to be right after this one, because we're going to continue this conversation with Saray and just sharing what she's created and how you can be involved in her world. So we are back with part two and we, yes. we, we had a couple come to Jesus moments and that last one, did we not? I, I think, uh, I think we went to church. We went home, we napped, we went back to church. Yeah. And, uh, sorry for those of you that needed a drink. I had a drink in my head. It's coffee, but I had a drink. Um, we, we can be real here. So I just, again, want to thank you so much for sharing that story that you did with us, with me. Um, and again with yourself, because I think sometimes we forget (laughs) the epic shit we've done to get where we are and we don't give ourselves the credit to acknowledge how much you've really done in order to achieve everything that you have. And though I know, right, life's not always about the achieving part of it. There is a part of why we do what we do. It's for that sense of pride and that sense of like progression and momentum and we all want to feel like we're making a difference in the world, whether it's through, you know, education or showing someone the way or creating the runway for someone else to be uber successful and know like, Hey, okay, if she can do it, I can fucking do it. You know? And by you sharing all that, you've given so many people permission inadvertently that they can do it too. You know, you're only six years really into creating this epic, you know, thing that you've created. And I'm so excited to see where it's going to go in the next couple of years, because if you've done this, this short of time, like, what, what's going to happen in the next two, three, four, five, six years? Like, holy shit, watch out, world. 
Uh, it's called an empire. I am currently building an empire. And yes, I couldn't have put it better. Yes, that's <laughs> what you're creating. And I, I can't, I, I want to be a part of that. And that's, that's the thing, like, um, let's share with people because I'm sure you've had some really epic mentors in your life. Like you talked about the owner of the salon in the last episode. And would you say she's someone who was one of those people that you're forever obviously grateful for, but like, was she someone who showed up for you in a way that like helped shape your career? Clearly. Oh, uh, I don't even know that I can put into words, uh, how much she impacted my life, my career. I mean, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you and these beautiful listeners right now, if it weren't for that one human, that one human calling me on my stuff and saying, what's like, come on, cut the shit, drop the act. What's going on? Someone to show genuine care. Like she was such a force in my life and in my recovery. And I'm an angel. I don't know what she is really a, a celestial being, but she was a huge part of my, my recovery. And, you know, like I, I had said in the last podcast, um, through her calling me on my bullshit, you know, I was able to meet a lot of amazing people who've helped me on my journey. You know, my husband, number one, my most amazing supporter, cheerleader, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, motherfucker. Like he has, he has helped me so much and words can never accurately describe how incredibly grateful I am for someone who truly unconditionally loves me and supports me and has seen me at my fucking worst and seen me at my best and is unwavering in the love and support and kindness and calling me on my bullshit, you know? And I was fortunate enough for a very short time to have my best friend, Jason McDonald, be at one point my sober mentor in this industry um, and teach me some amazing blonding techniques. And we had a, a beautiful soul bond that you just, you don't find that with a lot of humans. And, you know, unfortunately he lost his own battle with addiction and it's, you know, it's real. It happens. And I'm just, I'm incredibly grateful. I mean, that his death rocked me hardcore and I, I wasn't sure I would ever be okay, but one thing it did for me was solidify that drugs and alcohol will never be part of my life ever, ever, ever again. It took my best friend and, and I, I don't want any part of it. Like if there was, if there before his death, if there was a tiny sliver of like a 0.00009% chance that I would ever, you know, maybe have a cocktail again one day gone. <laughs> it's God. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically.